Hi, thank you for joining me today as we read from the popular subreddit r slash petty revenge. I hope you enjoy. Terrible boss gets his comeuppance. Story by Almost Fungible. TLDR at the end, names have been changed and locations obfuscated to protect all parties, etc. Setting, high volume independent tire shop in northern New England, circa 2012. We'll call it 123 tire. Target, evil general manager. We'll call him Jay. Aggrieved parties, basically everybody that worked there at the time, but mainly myself and the receptionist. We'll call her Ruth. Backstory. So Jay had been the GM of 123 Tire since he got the previous GM fired in 2004. He was slash is a complete narcissist who believed he could do no wrong, and if you didn't agree with him, God helps you. Over the years, Jay had done a number of illegal things. For example, he was always very physical with his employees. One time, he was wrestling with another salesman, this was commonplace and unavoidable if you valued your job, and the salesman, we'll call him Paul, took a bad fall and broke his knee. In order to avoid the ire of the owner, we'll call him Lou, Jay immediately clocked Paul out and told him to go to the hospital. He also told Paul to use his own insurance, and that the company would pay the deductible in order to avoid a messy worker's comp claim. Paul did as he was told and kept his job, but his knee was never the same and he ended up addicted to opioids thanks to Jay's actions. Jay also had an affinity for the ladies. Now I must mention here that Jay is an ultra-conservative Christian father of 11 children, who believe that a woman's place is uneducated, barefoot, pregnant, and in the kitchen. That being said, several female receptionists came and went over the years with only Ruth sticking around because she needed the money and begrudgingly accepted the regular sexual harassment. When he wasn't behaving inappropriately with every lady that walked in the door, he was behaving inappropriately with every other employee. Wanna leave early on a slow day? Wrestle the biggest guy in the shop for it. Jay was big on wrestling, I suspected Jay may also have been wrestling with his daughters, but couldn't prove it. The guy was a real creep. The big guy isn't in that day? Buy him a pizza. Trying to have lunch? Expect Jay to throw food at you. Want to schedule a vacation? Tough. He'll let you know the week before if you can take it. He was a complete child, and I put up with him for six long years because I couldn't let him win. The setting. It was the summer of 2012, and Ruth and I had had enough. Jay was completely out of control, as usual, now telling me, a Latino, that if Obama won re-election, that he would make my work life hell come November. Ruth was going through a divorce, and he was trying to move in on her, for the record, Ruth hated Jay's guts. It was time to hit him where it hurt. Ruth was ready to drop a lawsuit for sexual harassment on Jay and 123 Tire, and I was ready to drop one for constructive discharge. Now suing an employer doesn't exactly look good on one CV, but we were both at our wits end. The revenge. Ruth and I decided, one evening, that Jay's ultra-conservative values must be shared by his wife and family. As he was always working, his wife must be the one who goes to the mailbox every day. I created a throwaway email and got him a Bill Me Later subscription to Hustler Magazine. And Playboy. And Penthouse. Fast forward a couple of weeks, and he comes in looking like death warmed over. Turns out, Mrs. J didn't appreciate his new taste in reading material, and he's now living in a motel in the next town over. Now he's not saying that his wife kicked him out, he's far too much of a narcissist for that, but I could put two and two together. He's decided that he's done with his wife and 11 children and that he is going to start a new life with Ruth. After all, her divorce is going to be finalized at the end of the week. It was at this point that Lou's sister, co-owner of 123 Tire and not a big fan of Jay, we'll call her Liz, 
overheard him talking to Ruth in a less than business appropriate manner. Liz later took Ruth aside and got the straight poop on what had been happening for the last several years, and that was that. The next morning, Lou called Jay to his office and was far kinder than I would have been. Jay was to lose his title of GM and go to work in another 123 tire location an hour away until the end of the year. Beginning in 2013, Jay would need to find other employment. Jay was also not to contact the location that he had overseen and worked in for years. Also, the location that Jay was relocated to added an hour to his already hour-long commute. I suspect that Lou also encouraged Jay to reconcile with his wife, which Jay did. Epilogue. Jay ended his employment with 123 tire in January of 2013, and never suspected any involvement from me. In fact, to this day, he stays in occasional contact with me. He went on to work for another tire store, this one a corporate chain, as a store manager. Put his house on the market, bought a new one closer to his new employer, and everything. A year later he was fired after bringing a seven-figure lawsuit against them. They settled out of court, and he moved back to the house he was in before, as it hadn't sold. Jay's next job was five minutes from his home, and his new boss was, the guy that Jay had gotten fired back in 2004. That one lasted a couple of years until Jay gave up on finding employment in the area and moved himself and the whole family to the Midwest sometime around 2016. Now in the Midwest, Jay has been unable to keep a job in the car business for more than a year, and as soon as each of his kids turns 18, they seem to move right back to the area they grew up in. His New England home sold in 2019 for less than he bought it for. Ruth still works for 123 Tire and is very happy there now. The icing on the cake. In early 2021, I finally left my job at 123 Tire, sold my house, and became a full-time RVer. I've seen 47 U.S. states, including the Midwestern state, and town, that Jay now resides in. I looked him up when I got there, and he came to see me after he got out of work in my new RV. He said, boy, you must really think something of me to look me up and want to see me all the way out here. If he only knew half of it. TLDR, got my tyrant ultra-conservative boss fired by sending him dirty magazines at his expense. About five years ago my company brought in an individual to see if my position was no longer needed. I passed with flying colors. Story by Frostitos99 Not to give too much info away, I was hired at an organization with a job title of basically helper. Well for someone who was supposed to just be helping, I had a ridiculous amount of work. Almost all of my co-workers were huge technologically illiterate boomers. So I actually sort of thrived this as a very useful person. For example, one guy would spend half his day copying items and passing them into another program we use. He didn't even use Control c Control v he would right-click then copy then go into the files menu or something and insert copied item from clipboard. He was so proud of himself when he showed me because don't worry you won't have to retype everything. I wrote a program to do this automatically but did not tell him. So I would just run it occasionally as part of my responsibilities. Anyway, I did a lot of stuff like this, I'd estimate I saved about 15 hours of work every day, on top of the 8.5 hours I did too. But then insert Sergeant Fuckface. This wasn't the military but I'd just like to call him that. We are having a team meeting when he shows up. White hair combed okayish, a scrunched face, glasses. He just sort of just showed up one day and took notes during our morning meeting. At one point someone brought up the name of one of our customers. Did I say, oh is that the 300 pounds guy with a big beard? Sort of as a joke because I mostly do back-end stuff. There was a guy like this I recently did some entrance stuff for. But I was wrong and my boss said no it's blah blah some other person.
Okay. Then we talked about that person a bit. Fast forward about a week and the Sergeant FF is a complete fucking douchebag to me. I don't know why, he will ignore me during group conversations and literally sometimes scoff at me. Who actually scoffs at people? I was having a really rough week looking for some extremely important files. People were yelling all day. I was exasperated. Too much to do, I was having anxiety attacks at home in the middle of the night. But it was Friday so I was pulling through. As I looked for this file I ended up deep on our file structure and the search returned a personal folder structure within one of the drives. I clicked out of curiosity and there it was Sergeant FF's notes. I opened it and there was a whole section about me. This guy basically goes from location to location getting people fired to save the CEO's money. And he was working on me now. I scrolled through his notes and at the very top I saw. Frosty thought a 4 feet 10 inches 24 year old female patient was a 300 pounds bearded man. Clearly atrocious attention to detail. That's just one example of how completely fucked up his comments were. So, in combination with my job, which I generally liked and enjoyed helping people, knowing I wasn't getting paid enough for my effort. This horrible week I had. And Sergeant Fuckface's comments, I said fuck this. I set up three email configurations. To my boss letting him know I will be taking two weeks of vacation time. To be sent at 10pm tonight. To the company letting them know I will not be present for two weeks so whatever work they currently need me to do they will need to do themselves. To be sent Monday morning at 4am. For any emails that came in, I set an auto response that said I will be out for an unknown amount of time. For any routine, emergency, or even occasional items, it is imperative you reach out to Sergeant Fuckface at Forex for assistance. Then? I turned off every automated task I had ever set up. Then I swung by FF's temporary office and said I think I found a way to make your job easier. He didn't even really turn his head to look at me but just raised one eyebrow. Then I left. I actually got multiple calls on Monday morning I didn't answer. It didn't last long apparently. But I stayed strong and didn't respond to anything. On Wednesday I had a little anxiety about it but I stayed as strong as I could. I thought about the tasks that needed a two-day turnaround. There's no way some of the guys were keeping up with their normal duties. Guaranteed at least two people were no longer doing their normal jobs just to keep up with my automated tasks. I got a long email to my personal account, I guess from my resume or when I interviewed, from my boss on Thursday night of the first week. It went something like this. Frosty, I know you're a smart person and probably figured out what the company had us doing. I would say it's very important you call me but that probably isn't going to work I see. I've talked with Sergeant FF's boss, and he will be leaving our location. I explained our progress meetings seem to be going in the wrong direction and that you are one of our most valuable employees here. I am sure you are probably looking at other jobs at this point, or maybe you have even started one. I hope not. If you could please reach back to me I would like to offer you a raise. It has become very apparent how useful you are around here. I hear about it every day, believe me. So I came back on Monday with a $10,000 raise and Sergeant Fuck face out of my face. My boss apologized again in person and said he didn't get a say in it. I think it's a little weird he could have a say after I left, but not before. But I sort of get it. Lie about having COVID to take six weeks off while I do your work for free? I'll throw an all-office party to announce where you really were. Story by Grené Blanco Mid-pandemic my boss disappeared. Just as we were gearing up for our most challenging, time-intensive, project in the last five years, he dropped off the face of the earth. We kept working for a week or so without him because everything was virtual and the virtual work world was still so new, we didn't really need him. 
we were delegating tasks ourselves and completing things on our own. We spoke to co-workers maybe twice a week. But some decisions were beyond our discretion, so we could not move forward on those aspects of the project until we received a response from him. After about 7-10 to 10 total days of silence, we called his boss's boss, who informed our team that our boss had COVID so wasn't able to work right now. We took that at face value of course sent him letters of well wishes and didn't bother him with work stuff, or ask why he was able to notify his boss but not us. Three weeks go by. Still not a word. We're beginning to discuss amongst ourselves whether or not he's maybe died. We're terrified and horrified and so concerned. We're contemplating calling his extended family. We're sending flowers and care packages to his apartment. Meanwhile, the project has descended into chaos because no leader was appointed in our boss's stead, so we are forced to navigate several layers of bureaucracy in order to accomplish almost anything at all, whereas in the past he would have just signed off in real time. Around week 4 or 5 one of our co-workers suggests he doesn't really have COVID but is instead using it as an excuse to take time off. We all jump all over our co-worker, asking how he could insinuate something like that, and lamenting about what a tragedy our boss is probably living through. People were chilly to him for days after that. Week 7. We're undertaking a letter-writing campaign to upper management demanding an acting boss be appointed while ours is recovering. The project is a month behind schedule. We're all working overtime every day, sometimes on weekends, without extra compensation, just to keep up with the cluster fuck of the boss's sudden absence. Week 8. He finally reappears, logging into a morning meeting as though nothing happened. He looks well-rested, well-fed, and has a tan. Not at all like someone who's just come out the other side of a six-week respiratory virus. He says something quickly to the effect of yeah, that was brutal. Glad to be better and glad to be back. Let's get to work. But doesn't want to talk about what happened or answer any of our questions like, were you in the hospital? What was it like? Etc. Fast forward to about four or five months after this. My sister sends me a promo for a fairly new reality show, I'd never heard of it but it's on a major platform, and says isn't this guy a friend of yours or something? I swear I've seen him and you together. I watch the trailer for this show, and lo and behold, there's my boss. Participating as a contestant on a reality TV show. It did not take long for me to put the pieces together and realize he took extended leave to go on TV, that he knew he wouldn't otherwise get during this massive project, and lied about it under the guise of a vicious disease that nearly all of us had lost a loved one to. I sit and stew with this information, unsure of how to handle it. I know confronting him won't get me very far, but I can't just do nothing, right? I'm not close enough with any of my colleagues to discuss this with them and trust that they wouldn't run off and send an all-company email about it. So I slept on it a few nights and then the opportunity fell right in my lap. I got an email from corporate encouraging teams still working remotely to plan virtual social functions to keep a collegial culture going and to stay in touch. Among the suggestions were, game night, trivia, and watch party. With the premiere of the show only a couple of weeks away I got busy telling everyone how I'd been meaning to get into the show, and it's so enticing and exciting, basically laying the groundwork to guilt them into coming to an impromptu virtual watch party off hours. I offered to get special shirts made up and send them to each person's house. Whatever I had to do to get the attention of corporate. Finally, I sent an EV to all my boss's bosses, and any other members of corporate I could justify inviting without making a total ass of myself. Because this is entirely virtual, my boss is unable to overhear any of the chatter. He doesn't realize I'm hyping up this show and he doesn't realize I've planned a watch party for it. I wasn't inviting him unless he had the balls to explicitly ask about it. I was hoping he wouldn't have heard about it at all. Not until afterward.
That was really the only way this could work. The night comes and I am screen sharing the show to a whopping 64 people. A huge chunk of my department. Many members of corporate had showed up because I was the only person stupid enough to buy into their virtual social work party scheme, so they felt pressured to support it. I was holding my breath, hoping this would go my way, bracing myself for some kind of curveball. But there wasn't even that dramatic of a build-up. Right at the outset they introduced the premise, which included the contestants being in a COVID-safe bubble in an exotic location, and gave a brief overview of each contestant. As my boss was introduced, right down to what he did for work, and I could see people register delight and surprise. Then go blank. Just before sliding into confusion and rage. The chat took a drastic turn from oh my goodness. And I knew him when. And all sorts of pithy jokes to a brave member of my team, or perhaps one just pushed a tad too far by all the extra hours he pulled in this douche's absence, sent the message, wait, when was this filmed? My audience dropped from 64 to 58 to mid-30s, and by the time the episode was over it was just me and the other 15 core members of the team. One asked if I'd already known, but some members of the team are very close to the boss, so all I said was well I definitely do now. And wrapped up the call pretty quickly after that. Perhaps one of the best bonuses is that you could already tell from episode 1 that the character arc the show assigned to our boss was bumbling idiot. He had his true colors on in full display and some production massaging up them to the 11th degree. The boss was fired. My good buddy was promoted to his place. I am an office legend now, especially since no one is 100% sure whether or not it was intentional, and it was also satisfying that it was almost worth the dozens of hours of uncompensated overtime that led to it. Thank you for tuning in to listen to these stories, and I hope to see you on the next one. Till then, have an amazing day.